It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Thunder podcast for May 17th. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. want to thank you so much for making me a part of your day. And we're getting started earlier, which I hope we can do from now on. I like doing the podcast a little bit earlier give you a chance to listen at work or maybe on your way home during your lunch break. And we try and do it in bite size. That's what we call it. We call it a bite size format where we only go maybe about 35 minutes on very special occasions. I think if you go back through the archives here at Locked on Thunder, you'll find most of them range from about 25 minutes to 30 minutes. But lately, because there's not a whole lot of Thunder news, we've been getting this done in about 20 minutes or so, 17 minutes if we're if we're really lucky, and tomorrow, I'm going to go ahead and preview tomorrow's show. Going to go a little bit off the rails here and tell you that tomorrow what I'm going to do is go step by step of what is going to happen this Thunder offseason with Paul George, with Carmelo Anthony, with Jeremy Grant, with guys who are free agents guys who could possibly opt out of their contracts. We'll take a look at guys that would be really good fits for the Thunder in case Paul George leaves. That's something that we haven't done, and I don't hear a lot of guys talking about this, and I don't see a lot of podcasts doing things around this, so that's what we'll get into tomorrow. I will go into my crystal ball and tell you what will happen with this Thunder offseason. As far as today's podcast goes, yeah, we'll concentrate a little bit more on the association as a whole Versus the Oklahoma City Thunder, we saw Houston respond big time, big time to Golden State last night, and we'll discuss whether or not they've actually got the momentum, because I'm sure you're hearing that today from some very hyperbolic talk show hosts, that Houston may have seized momentum. I'll tell you why not to believe that just yet. Also, the finalists for the MVP award were announced, and Andre Robertson, Could this guy have been the Defensive Player of the Year? We'll talk about all that in segment number one. In segment number two, just how far back of the Western Conference is the Eastern Conference if we see Boston take out Cleveland? And finally, in segment number three, the Bucs get a brand new head coach in Mike Budenholzer. We'll discuss that. And also, I would encourage you to go to LockedOnBucks.com for more on that information. Plus, J.R. Smith did not get fined for his shove on Al Horford, what does that ultimately signal to the Cavaliers and the Celtics? My name's Eric G. I did radio in Oklahoma City here for a while. I am now the host of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I also work for another publication called Thunder Digest. I am lucky enough to be a credentialed member of the media, and I've been covering this team for five and a half years. So if you like what you hear, go to LockedOnThunder.com, check out the archive podcast, as well as video and audio from players and coaches. The Houston Rockets accomplished something last night that I was waiting to see if they could accomplish, and that is simply this. 
Once they were tested, when they were actually pushed in the playoffs, which they hadn't been in their first two series, how would they respond? Well, they responded by knocking out the Golden State Warriors last night and putting up some big numbers. 127-105. Houston's starting five was incredible last night. All five of them, even Clint Capella, who only had five points, but he only shot the ball three times. I thought his defense was outstanding during most of the game. Harden with 27 points. Chris Paul, 16. And you can look up the rest of the stats now. The Houston bench is still Eric Gordon and a bunch of dudes. But that's all right because the Golden State bench didn't do jack either last night. And despite Kevin Durant having a great night and Steph Curry having a pretty good night himself, I thought the Warriors looked frustrated. Looked a little erratic at times. They didn't like the physicality of the game. They seemed to be thrown off by not playing as consistent on defense as they could. For the Rockets, they really learned from game one. And they went out and made the adjustments. And the biggest adjustment they made was not to be the Oklahoma City Thunder from last year or the Cleveland Cavaliers from this year, which is stand around and let one guy do it. Game one was all about James Harden playing a lot of isolation ball, or ISO ball, let me be a little bit more hip, playing a lot of ISO and having to take the burden on himself. Everybody else wanted to get involved last night, and that was big time. And even though Golden State played some tremendous defense, Houston did a much better job of passing the ball, finding the open man, and you're going to have to replicate that performance from now until the end of the series if you want any chance to win and you're the Houston Rockets. That's simply it. And there are going to be some talk show hosts today, probably some podcasters who are going to tell you that the Rockets may have just seized momentum and they've proven to themselves that not only they can play with the Golden State Warriors, but they're a better team than the Golden State Warriors, like Clint Capella said. Not so fast. Tap the brakes on that. And the reason you have to tap the brakes on that is because of what Steve Kerr said at the beginning of this series. The Warriors have rings. They are the defending champions. And for the most part, this is a team that has shown throughout the time that at least Kevin Durant's been there, they don't get rattled. Now, obviously, they got rattled when they were up three games to one and ended up blowing that series to the Cleveland Cavaliers. But for the most part, they can take any punch. And it would not shock me at all, even after that game last night, if Houston shows that they're an inconsistent ball club doesn't come back with the same kind of intensity that they played with last night, doesn't have the crispness of the passes. It wouldn't shock me at all if guys started standing around again, figuring, hey, this is a night that James can take us. And then they come back to Houston facing elimination down three games to one. And I almost think that that's exactly what is going to happen. You may have actually woken up the beast in Golden State. I hope it doesn't happen. I really hope that that is not the case in this situation, but I just, I'm not going to take a one game sample size and think that that's what we're going to see out of the Rockets for the rest of this series. Because as I said earlier, they've got to do that. What they did last night for 48 minutes, they've got to do it from now until the end of the series. And I can't bet on it. I can't go to Las Vegas and bet on that right now or Delaware or here in the state of Oklahoma. Quick update on that. Yesterday, we talked a lot in the first segment about bringing Sportsbook to the state of Oklahoma. And if you're not from the state of Oklahoma or you listen in other parts of the world, 
hopefully, I gave you some background information of sort of the things that we face here in Oklahoma when it comes to gambling, but I was talking to my friend Jason Doyle, and I think I failed to mention this yesterday. There is a special session coming up this summer in Oklahoma where possibly they could talk about sportsbook, and it wouldn't shock me if they did. I would still think, and I still stand by what Jason said, and I still stand by what we said yesterday on the Locked on Thunder podcast, that the earliest we'll probably see it here in Oklahoma would be a year from now. And that's not too long to wait at all, and especially if something good can come out of it, like the money go to education and go to fix our roads, both which desperately, desperately need help, then I'm all right with that. And I also want to see as many people have access to it as possible, where you can just drive down the street and make a bet anytime you want. Certainly would make football Sundays a lot of fun, and basketball, every night basketball would be great, because you could bet before you go to the peak to watch the Thunder play say, the Houston Rockets, whenever they play. Award season is here, uh, uh, though the award season is upon us in the NBA. (laughs) And I'm not going to edit that out today, sorry. Press for time, not going to edit that out. But the candidates for MVP were announced, and you know them, you love them. James Harden, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. Personally, if it was me, I would have voted for Anthony Davis, I think James Harden's going to win it, but I said on the NBA podcast that I would vote for Anthony Davis. Reason being is somebody who's covered the Oklahoma City Thunder now for as long as I have, I can't help but think about when Russell Westbrook won his MVP and when Kevin Durant won his. Kevin got the Kevin got his MVP when Russell Westbrook set out for 38 games. Russell Westbrook got his MVP when Kevin Durant left. So my mind, and, and I'm not saying it's right, and, and and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that this is the only way you need to think of how the MVP should be voted on, but when you do more with less, when DeMarcus Cousins went out and Anthony Davis put that team on his shoulders and took them to the playoffs, and now, especially after seeing that he took them one round in the playoffs, that's the guy that I would vote for. Also, defensive finalist Rookie of the Year were announced. You can look those up. But I also keep thinking that Andre Robertson would have been the Defensive Player of the Year. And there is part of me that thinks that if I had a vote now, and this is completely, call me a homer if you want. This is kind of unconventional wisdom here. But if I had a vote, I might go ahead and put Andre Robertson down as the Defensive Player of the Year. Reason being, I will give you I will give you my reasoning on this. We saw how much the Thunder faulted when Andre Robertson was out. We figured out how big of a key to the cog he was. So and that's not saying that Rudy Gobert isn't deserving of it. He is. And because he played the whole season, Rudy Gobert is going to have an opportunity to become the defensive player of the year and Victor Oladipo is going to become the most improved player of the year. But I would give it to Andre just because we saw how much he meant to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I can't help but think that if he had stayed in the lineup, the Thunder would have been a heck of a lot better off. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Thank you for joining me today. We are part of the Locked on Network, your team every day. Coming up, just how far back of the Western Conference is the East? We discuss.
Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. You're listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. This is your daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder and really for today, all things NBA. Um, Give Chris Sale some credit from the Boston Red Sox. Normally, I don't like to give anybody from the Boston Red Sox just a whole hell of a lot of credit because me being the Yankee fan, that's very begrudgingly, but I'm also fair. I'm also very fair about this. I love the Boston goon shirt he was wearing last night to troll LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I don't know if he got that off. I don't know if that's an official NBA shirt. I doubt it. I don't know if it's off Barstool or where you can get it if you're a Celtics fan. Actually, if you know where you can get it, uh, tweet me, at G-E-E-H-S-O, because I'd actually like to get one. That'd be a cool shirt to have in the collection. But yeah, the whole idea of gooning it up for the Boston Celtics, don't stop what you're doing now. You are in the Cleveland Cavaliers' head, and you just need to go out and play The same type of defense that you've been playing all series long and just keep wearing these guys down. And considering the fact that Boston doesn't have their best two players, how far back is the East from the West right now? If Boston can win the East without their two best players, what does that say about the conference as a whole? Because I'm looking at the Cleveland Cavaliers right now And this is not a team that has any business playing for a chance to go to the NBA Finals. It's one guy. It's We said it earlier in the podcast, but it really is. Watching the Cavaliers right now, it's really like watching the Oklahoma City Thunder last year. Russ is going to do everything. We're going to stand around. If Russ needs a rebound, we'll let him get a rebound. If Russ needs stats and assists, we'll make the shot when he when he needs those stats, but for the most part, one guy is doing all the work and the rest of the Cavaliers seem content to let him do all the work. And that is not a team that A, can win a championship or B, should even remotely be thinking of themselves with an opportunity to go to the finals. And you're the Toronto Raptors, okay? You have just, you have the coach of the year in Dwayne Casey. You had your best two players, What are Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, what is Serge Ibaka, what are all those guys thinking as they are watching the Boston Celtics just dismantle this Cavaliers team that everybody had all but handed the Eastern Conference Championship to? You've got to be kicking yourself right now. There is no way, if I was either one of those guys, Lowry or DeRozan, don't care how many millions I have, But knowing that I would have been that much closer to an NBA championship beating this depleted team and I got swept out of the finals, it would keep me up at night. It it would keep me up at night so bad 
that I would be in the gym every morning. And there's a lot of look. And if you don't, if you think athletes are able to really put this all behind them, put those kind of losses behind them, I've worked with guys who are professional athletes, and these losses don't get tucked away in a closet somewhere and stay there forever. It doesn't take much for that kind of failure, for lack of a better term, to rise to the surface. It really doesn't take much to set it off. And hopefully for the Raptors, as they're going through this whole recruiting process, interviewing process for a brand new coach, hopefully that this is rising to the surface and it motivates them next year to come back and, and do and get taking care of some unfinished business. In fact, I'll promote the Locked On Raptors podcast because I'm interested in what's being said in Toronto right now. What was said at the exit interviews? How, how do these guys honestly feel about the way that their season ended up? I mentioned earlier, Victor Oladipo is probably going to win the most improved player award in the NBA. And congratulations to Victor Oladipo early. We'll give it early because the award show won't happen until after the finals. But I think it just shows you one more time that that if you are a Sam Presti guy, you always want to make an argument for Sam Presti being one of the best GMs in all of the NBA. That's one more thing you can write down. Now, you can argue whether or not all day long, Victor Oladipo should have been traded to the Indiana Pacers and the Thunder should have taken that risk to get Paul George. I still say go for it. I think you got a chance to get Paul George for one year and it would have given you an opportunity If you thought it gave you a better opportunity to make a run in the playoffs than with the roster you have now, all means, line it up, go for it. Do it. But I think it also shows that Sam Presti knows talent, and he knows what kind of talent works for him, and he will do everything he can to get that type of talent here in Oklahoma City. And while we may doubt Sam Presti and we may not like every move that he made, it, it certainly tells me that this is a guy that has a handle on all things going on inside the organization. That's why I'm not incredibly worried about the Carmelo Anthony situation and how Sam Presti's going to handle it. I think he's got that under control. I'm also really not that worried about the Paul George situation because you have to remember, Sam Presti is a guy that's going to learn from his mistakes when Kevin Durant left. This is the Locked On Thunder Podcast. I am Eric G. want to thank you for joining me. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Bucks get a new coach. Will one of my friends actually be going to Milwaukee? We'll talk next. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Hey, there are a few podcasts that uh, you probably need to be listening to over the next few weeks, or a few that you may want to check out. I say need to be listening to, like, I, I, don't, I never want to tell you how to live your life, but if you're curious about some certain teams, here's some of the more fascinating podcasts you can listen to. Obviously, Locked on Rockets, Warriors, Celtics, and Cavaliers for everything going on right now in the NBA playoffs. Locked on Astros as they're starting to come around. Locked on Yankees, that team is off and running. Obviously, Locked on Red Sox will be good. But 
Locked on Raptors, they're looking for a new coach. Locked on Bucks, they just got a new coach. And um, I'll tell you why you should listen to Locked on Browns here in a few minutes. But yeah, let's go back to Locked on Bucks. Congratulations to Mike Budenholzer, former coach of the Atlanta Hawks. Unfortunately, you're not going to get to look at Jamie Gertz in your new position as coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. But you do get a Giannis and Tenenkupa. I don't know that's necessarily a fair trade-off. But it's one that I would I would happily take if I'm Mike Budenholzer. I think he'll be good for that team. I, he's going to a team with an incredible amount of talent. He's got that San Antonio pedigree. And it'll be interesting to see how he adapts his style to the talent that he has in Milwaukee, plus how the guys in Milwaukee adapt to him. And there's just a lot of guys. Like, I just love that roster overall. Not only Giannis and Tenenkupo, but guys like Chris Middleton, Tony Snell. It's just... It's fun. They are still, in my opinion, they are the most fun team to watch in the NBA outside of any team that Russell Westbrook happens to be on. Um, I do wonder if my friend Darvin Ham is going to get a shot at going with him. Darvin was a part of, Dar- Darvin, who played at Texas Tech, was a part of that Atlanta Hawks coaching staff. And I haven't reached out to Darvin. I will try and do that and have an update for you. I, I don't know, maybe it concerns me more than you. But Darvin, Darvin's a guy who cut his teeth in the NBA D-League, much like Quinn Snyder of the Utah Jazz. By the way, Quinn Snyder nominated for Coach of the Year. I don't think that would have been a bad choice at all. But I'd like to see Darvin eventually get his shot at being a head coach sometime in the NBA. But if he's going to Milwaukee, good for him, because this will be the best team that he's ever been a part of. And Darvin was on a Lakers team a few years ago that Mike Brown was coaching or part of that staff. Then he was on the Hawks, and it's been in flux. So hopefully all that's getting worked out. And uh, update on the finals, J.R. Smith did not get fined for a shove on Al Horford. I think that sends the message to both teams that the refs are going to let him play and it's going to be physical. However, we know how inconsistent refereeing can be from night to night in the NBA. So I'm actually expecting a much tighter game called tonight than what we got a couple of nights ago in Boston. So look for that to happen with the Cavaliers and the Celtics. And real quick, Locked on Browns. I tell you, I tell you why you need to listen to Locked on Browns. HBO just announced that the Browns are going to be the team for Hard Knocks this year. And nobody, no player has ever been more tailor-made for Hard Knocks than Baker Mayfield. It will. I am going to go on record as saying, This will be the most entertaining hard knocks that we have ever gotten since the series' inception. It'll be a fun watch. That is popcorn every night. Clear your schedules or set the DVR and then binge watch it. But Locked on Browns would be fun to listen to 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 see how they feel about it because usually the teams that are on hard knocks don't turn out very well. But I'd like to see the NBA do that. I'd also, I'm going to throw out this suggestion. I'll talk more about this tomorrow. But if you're not watching HBO, or not HBOs, but Showtime's The Circus, It's the best show on television right now. And they do such a great job of investigative reporting politics-wise with Alex Wagner and John Heilman. And I can never remember the consultant's name, but it's a fascinating watch. I think the NBA should do something like that for off-seasons. And think about following Paul George. The only problem is, is agents... Agents will probably be honest, but players and GMs will probably tell you less than what politicians are. Still, it's worth discussing. This wraps up the Locked on Thunder podcast for today. I'm Eric G. Tomorrow, I look deep into the crystal ball and give you play-by-play of what's going to happen in the Thunder's offseason. Until then, 
I want to tell you, God bless. I want everybody, God, God bless you. God keep you. Everybody love everybody. Peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.